Welcome to the Between the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Monday, April 6, 2020. Hope that you all are doing well and hope that you've had a great weekend. I'm so excited for this new month and for this new series, despite everything that's going on in the world around us in this season of COVID-19. We've seen a lot happen and a lot take place, tragedies, um, we are quarantined, we've had conversations of people living in fear, and so it has really been heavy on my heart, and I am looking forward to having some very intentional conversation for a new series that I am releasing, uh, starting with this episode here. But before we get into that, I want to quickly say thank you to everybody who has been supporting the podcast. If you are new, uh, thank you so much for just tuning in, for listening. I ask that you subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. And for those of you all that are returning, thank you as well for the continued love and support to every donor of this podcast. Thank you to everybody who's donated on Cash App. Thank you as well. Um, I just wanna let you all know that the even the little bit that you all do in that makes a huge difference. When it comes to simply being able to continue to produce um, not only this podcast, but just to generate great conversations. Um, I've been able to utilize it to create some platforms to have guests on, and today will be no different. So I am starting a series for the month of April where we are going to be talking about um, our position as the church, and it's going to kind of be like a pastor's corner. So every Monday, you can expect me to come on with a different pastor from a different part of the country to this podcast to have some real strong talk and conversation, not only around faith, but with COVID-19 taking place, what our position should be, and maybe just how we can be preparing and how we can be of service and love to those um, who need it for our families, for those close to us, and those that we don't even know yet. And so today, I am blessed to have a phenomenal um, guest on the podcast, one of my best friends in life from college, and even now, we carry the same last name. You might think we're related, and maybe we are. Uh, but needless to say, this man is uh, the jack of all trade and, and a master of a few of them as well. Um, he is a phenomenal husband, a father. So in his full-time work, he is actually one of the smartest accountants that I know, probably the smartest, because I don't know many accountants, but I've never met somebody who actually looks <laughs> at math and still enjoys it um, in such a way. But beyond that, he is also a pastor and a phenomenal minister and worship leader. My brother, Pierre Taylor, all the way from Chicago, Illinois, is joining us on the podcast today. Pierre, hello. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on bro hey man thank you so much for taking the time you know to just hop on with little old me and make this <laughs> no, you, happen you, no you big time I'm, I'm i'm glad that you invited me bro mm -hmm. um i'm excited to talk and discuss i'm still a guppy out here don't 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 <laughs> don't lie don't gas the people up like that <laughs> Man, listen, I'm, I'm so excited for this, this series, um, and I think it's great that I got you coming to uh, kick this thing off, man. So for those of you all that don't know, um, I, I do a lot of serving in ministry in different capacities, and I got a chance to actually serve with Pierre um, for, what, at least seven or eight years before leaving Chicago. So we yeah. served together in ministry during college and then even post-college as well, leading worship together sitting by each other's side when it came to preaching and teaching and traveling around the city of Chicago um, in that capacity. So 
I, I know this man's heart, and I think that's why I wanted to have this conversation started off with him. Uh, a lover of people, you are, right? And, and so for you, man, I know you've got a phenomenal story. And I, before we actually jump into this, just I want you to let the people know a little bit about you, man. What's got you started in ministry, um, just your heart for ministry and for people as a whole? Uh, so ministry, I guess it, it started with just really finding my relationship with Christ. Um, those of you who don't know, I'm a PK. So my father has been a pastor. And before he was a pastor, he was a minister at uh, Apostolic Church of God. And so as, as long as I can remember, right, you know, as long as I can remember, I've been in church, been in Bible study, been uh, at praise team at choir rehearsal. Actually, back then, that's, that's old school. So it was always <laughs> choir rehearsal. <laughs> it was never. Mass choirs are still sales. a thing there, right. man. It was it was either choirs or a quartet. So my yep. dad was definitely in a quartet. Yes, sir. So, uh, hey, shout out to your pops too. That man can blow. Yeah, whole family yeah, can yeah. sing. Mom, brothers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, my dad's been singing for so long. It's been like so. I didn't know what bad singing was until you know <laughs> I left the house and I was like, oh, this this happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. Uh, but I I grew up in the church. Um, but my relationship was with God was funneled through my dad. I mm -hmm. didn't know it for myself, or I didn't have anything in life that made me try to reach out to him directly for myself. I always have these intimate moments with God. Like I always tell people, like one of my favorite songs was Running Back to You growing up, mm -hmm. Fred Hammond. But it was, I, I, from my perception, I didn't do anything that made me think I ran away from him. So from that perception, there's nothing or nothing uh, that would make me feel like I ran away from God, but I connected to that song before I really understood Christian and that we, we've all fallen short, uh, no matter where you're at. That's big. Uh, so, so long story short, I was in college freshman year. Uh, I was on campus and I was going to find myself as everybody on campus. <laughs> and so Richard did not know me on campus my freshman year. He may have saw me on the piano yeah. every now and then, but you know, I was out there, you know, yeah. I, I was trying to identify who I was. And then sophomore year came along and I said, I'm not going to do this again. I was a little uncomfortable. That's not who I am. And as I was rushing to school, I got in a uh, car accident. I mm. fell asleep on the road in the back of a truck. And all I can remember is just waking up and then veering off to the side of the road. And then when I looked around me, my, my entire car was totaled. Uh, windshield crashed in the front half of my vehicle was completely gone and but I didn't feel any pain and I immediately I never shouted in my life remember I come <laughs> from apostolic they don't really shout at apostolic <laughs> uh, so I was so excited that I was good that I ran up to the car in front of me like I'm okay I'm okay and then the, the pickup truck slowly pulled up pulled further away from me because you must have thought I was crazy <laughs> I hit him and I'm I, I'm happy outside so I came back to myself uh, and called my parents. And that was kind of the moment, like, man, God, that you saved me. Mm. Um, that I, I, I have purpose. And I need to really be consistent and focused on identifying what that purpose is so I can begin to walk it out. Uh, and so from there, God began to just talk to me more and more. And I got more and more serious about my calling and, uh, and how much I love God and how much I want to share who he is to other people. And that was kind of like the birthing or the catalyst moment for me to pursue God in a, in a deeper way, in a more sincere way. 
Love it. Love it, man. That's incredible, man. Um, yeah, Pierre's right. I used to see him on the piano. Um, my freshman year, we didn't know each other. I was just like, man, this dude looks like Andre Iguodala, and he could play the piano real good. That was the only thing I could think of. Because he still had hair at the time. And so I was like, oh, he's like Iggy. But I, I kid y'all not, listen, some of the, the most profound prophetic moments of worship. So this is a side, my audience doesn't even know this about me um, because I never really expressed this, but I mean, obviously, you know it, Pierre, you know, I'm a singer yeah. just by, by nature. And I think beyond that, I could flow, you know, on the prophetic side when it comes to just hearing music from God, as long as I got yeah. some kind of like instrumentation plan, like the words yeah. will come. And so, um, man, I have, I, and I miss those days. I think now more than I ever do, of being able to just have that, that, that flow and that time to just go deep into worship, to be able to sing songs of healing and revelation or whatever it might be at that time, man. And so um, I think that was part of the reason why, I, you know, I grew such a love and an admiration for you is because it was like, yo, like if y'all haven't seen us, I know some of our college friends listen to the podcast, but if y'all haven't seen us, like it was like an instant click. Like when you started playing, I was just like, oh yeah, like, I feel this thing, like, here we go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I love it, man. I'm always excited um, when we have those opportunities together. And I'm definitely looking forward to the future when we can really do more of that. But I want to jump into this, man, with you um, as a pastor, as a worship leader and a minister. Um, I know that you carry so many thoughts around everything that's taking place right now. And so I had a conversation with uh, a buddy of mine who's a part of the Black Christian Influencers Program um, and group named Lev Hunter. And Lev did a conversation with me a few weeks ago on the podcast where we were talking about um, racial reconciliation with the church. Uh, one of the things that I had said early on was like, yo, I really feel like this time with COVID-19 is going to give us an opportunity to really break down um, as those who call themselves Christians and believers in the faith, a chance to uh, break down and, and have some internal uh, reconstruction, so to speak, take place so that we can be, you know, more equipped and maybe even challenged when it comes to our faith and, and how we, you know, produce that faith, you know, on the day to day. And so that kind of kicked it off. And so I was like, man, for April, I just want to have a slew of like heavy hitters who are pastors who can come in and really just talk about this thing. And so I'm excited to have you kicking us off, man. And I, I think I'll just kick us off right there. I know that it can be objective because we all carry a different opinion. But with where the world is right now, we're seeing the rise in numbers. Folks are, are being quarantined in. It's so much taking place. And I know that you've seen, you know, different messaging from people up and down your timeline on social media. Uh, for your heart personally, where is the Holy Spirit leading you? And what is God showing you when it comes to us as a church, as just us as the body individually, as the body, like when it comes to our heart position and I guess our focus during this time of COVID-19 and then also obviously everybody's looking towards getting out of it, but coming out of it, like, I, I feel like there's something there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and you mentioned, like, this is my opinion, and not only just opinion, it's my perspective that's in line with my assignment. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I think as, as you talk to everybody, that's going to be key, is that it's, it's, it's not offensive if I have a different point of view, but it's in line with my assignment. Like, a football coach on the side, if he's a offensive coach he's going to be focused on offense 
and his perspective is true to him and to his assignment. Yeah. It's going to be different from the def- defensive coach and yeah. even the overall the head coach. And so for me, as somebody who who has seen the church and has seen the worst of the church and also seen the best of the church, uh, but seeing this image of the church kind of be deteriorated over time because of church hurt, my perspective comes from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so in this COVID-19, the biggest like shocker to me is like, man, we've had this storyline uh, go forth that says like, man, you can, I don't need the church anymore. I'm going to mm-hmm. do church by myself. Mm-hmm. And so now that everybody's at home, like, is that really working? Like, <laughs> like you've had a, a full period of time now without the phys- going to the physical church building or gathering. And so one thing is clear that not only is our relationship with Christ important, but our fellowship and relationship with the church as a whole is really important now. And so as a, as a leader and as other leaders begin to transform their ministries to be online, and we work on uh, really focusing on how can we meet people in an online perspective and really uh, catch their attention and mm-hmm. reach their hearts. It's really important in this season that we recognize that now this question that was there, if we need relationship with each other or through the vehicle of the church, now that that's kind of should be eradicated, like how do we purposefully move forward to make sure that we're reaching everybody, that we're acceptive of everybody and um move forward mm-hmm. to reach as many people as possible that's good yeah um and and i love what you said too you know everybody carries a different opinion and i think too with you all and us as ministry leaders and pastors you know not only do we carry the opinion but you, you talked about the assignment piece right and a lot of times too uh, i think for all of us man when we talk about the assignment of god you know a lot of times that assignment that god has given us is going to align heavily with his word right and with the word of god and so so in that man i know that your heart has probably broken a few times over and being able to just kind of see people's realness like it feels like this this covid outbreak gets closer and closer to home right and it's a test of faith it is the questioning of god what are you doing are you there um you know I, it's crazy. So for all the, those of you all that don't know, Pierre is also a recording artist. He has a phenomenal um, song that is still surfacing and circulating around the airwaves called I'm Afraid. If you've ever listened to the uh, promotion that I did for my fifth book, The Other Side, that song in the background is actually Pierre's song, I'm Afraid. And so in that, man, I, I've been thinking a lot about that song from a standpoint of like, yo, when you kick off those lyrics and you talk about, I'm afraid that one day I'll stand before you without a word to say, um, that I'll tremble and try to say, I'm sorry, um, or have to figure out how to say, I'm sorry. Right. And yeah. so in this, it's crazy. Cause I've been thinking about that song a lot more now, just because of the fact that fear, you know, has crippled so many people in this yeah. season. And I'm like, yo, if that song ain't meant for any other time, like that song is real right now because it speaks to fear that we carry, not in just one capacity either, but, you know, fear hits us all in different ways, man. And so I think I've been thinking about that a lot. And I know you've been seeing it. And I'm pretty sure your heart has been breaking for people in seeing that fear, man. And so my question to you as a pastor, as a leader, how do you how do you combat it? But then also, how do you encourage others to combat that fear? It's all in how how are you responding? Mm-hmm. So we know when you come to a contact with fear or any hurdle, 
You can either retreat or you can continue moving forward and fight. Whether you know the answer, whether you know the outcome or not, the Bible is really stringent on and really consistent on like, man, you got to continue moving forward, whether you understand or not. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in this season, like I've had a couple conversations with different people, uh, some like mad that people that they love, that they see as faith warriors or uh, examples of faith that are, are, are carrying themselves in fear. And they're mad, like you're my example and you're walking with more fear mm-hmm. than I would expect in this season. Wow, yeah. And, and, and so that's, that's difficult, but also having this balance and saying like, I'm glad that you're walking this space, but now you have an opportunity to send grace to someone who is a leader and say, hey man, uh, you're responding in fear or, or not even, that may not be your position to talk to that person about it, but be able to have grace and extend empathy and say like, man, even Peter, as much as he spent time with God, he let fear overwhelm him. Like he was, he was bowed about it, cut off somebody's ear. Mm-hmm. Then the next moment, you know, he's forsaking Christ. And then after, and when he's in this moment that he realized that he retreats and that after this season has passed and they realized like, man, I really didn't respond with the level of faith that I should have. Mm-hmm. And when they look back and see like, man, I should have did better. Our prayer now as the church is, now I, got a, I pray that they respond like Peter and then they, they now be the rock mm-hmm. when they couldn't have been the rock when Jesus was on the cross. Or mm. for any of your leaders right now or friends who may be consumed with fear, you're praying and, and, and interceding for them like, God, I pray that they get strength right now. But even more so, when this season passes, that they'll realize and assess where they were at in their faith walk and move forward with a greater strength as they understand where they're at. That's good. That's good. Um, and I love the example that you used, you know, with Peter as well, man. Um, and, and I think that uh, many of us kind of, <laughs> we've, we've, we're, at, I think to a degree, no matter how strong we are, we've all been exposed, whether publicly in front of people or even to ourselves in private revelation and rebuke, but I think to a degree, we've all been exposed when it comes to uh, some of the, the humanistic traits that are showing more because of what's taking place um, than, than we normally would, right? Like our faith is being tested for some. Um, and then I yeah. think too, I th- no, I think our faith is being tested for all. Um, I think some more than others, we can see it a little more and some might not have said it to anybody, but maybe they're just, they're, they're becoming a witness to it in their own personal life. Right. And and so in that, you know, I I love what you talked about when it comes to just like the perspective and the approach, man, like many folks and, and, and we got battles back and forth right now taking place around the country when it comes to, I mean, if we're going to be real, um, man, some of the churches, uh, who are still gathering, right, um, with close to 500 members. And we've seen some reports. They just had a new one that came out this morning about churches in Ohio. Yeah. And so, you know, we talk about, you know, things that cause division amongst the body of Christ. And so one of the things that I have personally seen throughout this time is like, yo, like we are starting to get a glimpse of what worse looks like. And if there's nothing that should be taken away from this right now, it should be unity. Right. And, yeah. and that one would think and not yeah. unity, not unity in a way to that that states like, you know, 
one skewed vision of it or the way that they think unity should look, but true unity that would cause us to drop our opinions, cause us to drop our politics, cause us to drop um, the very essence of us and get back to the love of Christ, right? And so it's interesting because I'm like, man, like, I'm like, God, like one of the glaring thoughts for me, Pierre, has been like, God, like just how bad does it need to get before people really wake up? Because I still feel like I'm seeing folks do some of the same things, specifically within the church. And when we say the church, we're talking about us as the body of Christ, not the physical building, but us as the body of Christ. Um, yeah. Yo, like, I'm like, I, you would think that, yo, this is this is it right here. This is the break in. And then boom, like we still kind of showing ourselves, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're divided. You know, we're we're still back and forth. I see it on, like I said, just with the conversation that's taking places with churches that are still gathering, and those aren't. When you look in the comment section, man, and the, people's ignorance on a day to day, how we've been watching folks fighting over tissue and hand sanitizer, right? Yeah, the the nasty comments back and forth on social media, like it's just, I'm like, man, bro, like how bad does it need to get for y'all to really just be like, yo, this ain't it? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, I I totally get it. I think um man, we 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 just have too much time on our hands. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. We're not <laughs> we're not we're not devoting our energy in the right way. It's like one of the things that kind of helped me try to balance myself is when Peter uh, a crowd saying like, "Hey, these guys are teaching uh about Jesus in the wrong way." And uh no, Paul says uh, he said his response is uh, are they teaching about Jesus? And you may not like everything that they're doing, but if they're teaching biblical truth about Jesus, that he came here and that he uh, he died for our sins and he was raised from the dead, then that's all the energy I can give. Mm -hmm. until, I, until I'm in that environment and I'm face-to-face, -face, that's all the energy I can give to that. Because as, as you kind of allude to in my song, I'm afraid that I don't, I won't accomplish what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. And so it, with me trying to stay focused or the church or everybody in their own personal walk, and we're trying to stay focused on our own individual assignment, our, yeah. our family members that we need to encourage or uh, friends that we know that are not saved. Like I don't have energy to, to, to give towards that, especially in a public space. Like I may have my own opinion. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Yes. Like I'm not gathering for church. Like we're not doing that. We're going to be online. Like, there's no reason to put risk at that. Yep. Um, no. But I'm going to stay focused on my assignment. No, I 100% agree, man. And so I think what you saying that, I mean, I think that the greater conversation that I want to kind of dive into with this is, is how do we encourage people to really figure out what their assignment is? I mean, because you got some folks who are believers in the faith. You got some who kind of teeter the fence. Um, and you've got some of us who are completely distracted with everything that's going on right now, or maybe we're just trying to get adjusted, whatever it might be. There are many of us who are, um, because of the quarantine, because life has slowed down, because some of us are realizing where we put our time and our attention, we, we do have a lot of time on our hands. And with us having a lot of time on our hands, I think some of us might be questioning like, yo, assignment wise purpose wise what am i doing like this time for some people is showing them like yo like what i thought i was doing for jesus really wasn't it right what i thought i was doing for the faith really wasn't it and like i mean it, it's almost like everything's at a standstill right and while i've heard many pastors and people 
kind of come against and, and condemn and rebuke them in that moment. I'm like, yo, they're still your brother and sister. And God does have a purpose over their life. So how do we encourage them and help them to really find that, to get back to that? What are just, I mean, if you could just come and straight shoot off the top of your head from what you know and from what you believe, how do, how do we get people to get that, that focus in and figure out where they're supposed to be right now? I think um, it's, it's more realizing like, man, I just have to make a decision and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Like this, this private time with God where I can have intimacy and get direction on what I'm supposed to be doing only happens with spending time with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I got, I got three, I got two sons and one daughter. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm in quarantine, my time is just as consumed as before. Yeah. And so as like, some people may have more time, but that wasn't my reality. And I was yeah. like, man, I still don't have the extra time to get more clarity for what God wants me to do for the rest of the year. And I had to challenge myself and say like, man, I got to figure out a way to make it happen, to make it a priority. Um, or I'm, I'm going to be have to live comfortable uh, with uh, not fully knowing and just living life. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a battle as a Christian. Pastor Darius Daniels, he, he plays it out like this. He says, like there's the acceptable will of Christ and it's his perfect will for your life. And like, uh, cause he gives us free will and we can push the boundaries on what we're supposed to do. And God, sometimes he'll just lay back and say, this is the level of faith that you want to operate on. Okay. I'm gonna leave you there. Hmm. But then there's a point, like, are you going to challenge yourself and fully accept everything that God may have on your life? Yeah. And in order to get that to that point, you have to dedicate yourself and spend that time. You have to consecrate yourself. And so, as a sorry to go back to your question, no, overall as a leader, as we're encouraging people to say like, "Hey, like this is why it's important that you spend time with Christ," and and to let you know that there's even more. This is an example that there's not a perfect time when everything, especially if you get, as you get older, there's not a perfect time that's going to be where you just have all this free time to have these encounters, these deep moments with Christ. Like, no, mm-hmm. you have to make a decision. Yeah. No, I got to I got to make it happen now so I can get clarity. Gotcha. And so time spent, obviously, you know, is what you really just kind of narrowed that down to for many of us. And this is the interesting part. Like it's it's whether you are a leader in ministry or whether you are just a follower that just got saved yesterday. It doesn't matter. Like this message still holds true and strong for everybody there and in between, you know, like yeah. we we all have a, a responsibility right now when it comes to spending time with God, spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, spending time being able to really tap back into those vulnerable spaces, the the the, the areas where we can even, I think too, because what it does is allows us to combat some very natural um, and, and earthly things that we're seeing currently, right? Um, So I'll just use this as an example, but like, you know, that time alone in prayer, when you said that, it kind of reminded me of what I posted last night on the night before on Instagram, where I I posted a picture of Delina and I from a photo shoot that we did last year, but in the caption, it was geared towards husbands, you know what I'm saying? And so in that, you know, talking about how like this time um, can really cause spouses to be back and forth, parents to be back and forth with their kids or whatever the case might be. But as husbands, we have a responsibility. And the only way that we can really tap into 
getting to that responsibility, tapping into not taking out our frustrations on our spouse or our children or whatever the case might be is by being able to have that time spent with God. Cause in that, I really do believe that what the first thing that we tend to see when, when, when time is spent is our carnal nature and our thoughts, our carnal, like fleshly ways being exposed to us so that yeah. we can get a chance to see us for who we are and who God is trying to show us like, yo, okay, so this is what you've done. Maybe it's a certain traumatic situation or experience or whatever the case might be. It's something that was there that, that, that caused you to move in a certain way. And it's like, oh man, I picked this up and this really isn't a part of who I'm supposed to be. It's just kind of been who I am. And so I think that that's what we're, a lot of us are seeing, man. Like we, and, and it's crazy because we'll blame the time as the reason why it is. And the reality is it's not all the time that we have at home. That's why we're this way. Like, no, like this time, it's just putting us in such a restless space that it's being exposed because it's nothing but time in there. Yeah. And so in that, this whole, but the, the point that I'm getting at is that everything focuses around the notion of time. Time in quarantine is causing us to lash out, act in certain ways, things are being exposed. But in that same breath, time spent with the King of Kings, time spent with our Heavenly Father is also the very thing that will help us to better utilize time as we move forward in this. Because the reality is, is that we all being pushed back. Like we're not getting out of quarantine anytime soon, at least for the next 30 days, right? Exactly. So in that, <laughs> everything is focused around time. Definitely, it's, it's focused on time. Uh, purely like th th you have to spend that time. It's as, as married men, we know uh, uh, if it, that if I don't spend that one-on-one -on -one time with my wife, then there's a problem. Like, yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's a lack of intimacy. There's there's a problem. I'm gonna be upset at, at some of your posts. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna be acting right. You know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna be off my square. I'm gonna be off my square. <laughs> you know? And I need to keep my head on straight. And so I need to have that conversation in that that alone time with my wife just to kind of talk to her and see like what's going on, what's stressing you out right now, like how mm. are you feeling in this moment and it builds a deeper connection and so when we're talking about our relationship with christ uh and our overall mental like well-being in this season is like number one do i have that one-on-one -on -one time with god because mm. that's different than me being aware of god's presence all day which is is very much needed especially depending on your situation like for me i got like if i don't have that morning time my kids are going to be on me the whole day. It's not going to be any social distance. Yeah, yeah, like, that's real. My daughter's <laughs> not been working with my daughter on my lap and then on my lap, a laptop for, for most of this week. <laughs> and so, um, but having that awareness throughout the day allows me to have a greater, still be connected with God to keep myself in mental peace because it's not easy to try to multitask uh, as a father specifically and say, uh, my kids don't understand that there's a work dad and there's a home dad. Mm. And now that I'm always here, I don't even want them to understand that. I just want to be dad, period. I don't want them to ever get the sense that my work comes first. Wow, wow. And so, and so as I'm battling that and I'm getting frustrated because I may be falling behind a little bit on my work or this, there's some musical goals that I want to have or this, even to have goals as a, as a husband that I want to spend time, this amount of time with my wife and I'm getting frustrated and I feel like I'm failing, mm -hmm. that's the moment where I can still call upon mm -hmm. God and say, God, like, you know my situation and what's going on 
and the different stresses and the different pressures that are going on. And even though I don't mind, I've had that one-on-one time with the father, me being able to acknowledge him and kind of woo in that moment mm-hmm. and say, God, I know that you have it under control. Uh, it's perfect. It, it, it's exactly what we need. And it's, a re- it's real life. It is, man. And so I think, like you said, man, you know, it's just, it, it, it's important for us to not only recognize the time, but recognize how we become when that time spent, you know, with God, whether, you know, some of us will be earlier, you know, it's the, we in the morning, some of us is in the evening at the end of the day, you know, it's like, yo, get that time in so that you can continue to learn to be your best self and really flow just to even, cause that's the thing. Like for some of us, man, right now, some of us are focused on like, all right, what is this going to look like when we get out of COVID? But I think some people just need that time to be able to be like, yo, I just need to get through the, the day. Like I need to be able to get through the day while I'm cooped up in the house and I got all this going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it varies from person to person, but I think at the end of the day, like what you said is so important. And that is, that is time. Hey, I want to flip the script real quick, man. Um, and in this, uh, uh, so I don't know why this thought just came to me, but I, I think it's important. And I know that you are somebody who can really speak heavily to this, but talk to us about, um, uh, talk to us about hope, specifically faith, um, and, 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 and just that hope in a better tomorrow, because some of us don't necessarily see it. You and I had a conversation off the air, obviously, just in our regular friendship talk earlier this week. And I don't need you to go in depth or even talk about what we were discussing, but you got some information and you weren't too pleased with it. But in that, you talked about, um, you, you said something that really hit me hard when you talked about just your perspective and how you, how you choose to approach life and how, um, how you would move forward, you know what I'm saying? When, when things look different from what you expect, right? And, and that hope and that faith that you keep, that not only does God sit on the throne, but that better days are ahead. Yeah, definitely like, not only Christian people, but the world recognizes that without hope, you lack strength. Mm-hmm. Like what's the movie, um, Catching Fire. What's the movie where uh, the gamekeeper? What's that series? I forget. Oh, you talk uh, about uh, my, the 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 I, I volunteers yeah. tribute. Um, Hunger Games. There we go. Hunger yeah, Games. Hunger yeah, Games. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even in that movie, there's a scene that says, "Is like, oh man, she's giving them hope. Like we have to stop her now." Mm-hmm. And with hope comes strength. And so, like, no matter what the situation is, and I can be kind of blunt. Uh, so my parents this week, I found out this week that both my parents uh, have COVID-19. Oh, wow. wow. And, and so uh, as a response, it's like, and, and we think about this story of Job and how do you respond? Like, woe is me. And, and at the end, he says, you know, I still honor God. And I was talking, even the day before, I was talking to someone about faith, that we have two steps in our faith when we're responding to a life situation. Number one is, man, that God is great and that he's greater than anything that we're facing. And because of that fact, I'm going to walk with a certain confidence that he has it under control. Mm-hmm. That, that's what makes me be able to be an army of 300 Gideon and be able to be half confident that I can fight these 10,000 soldiers. Wow. It, it, it's the faith that says like Peter, and let me walk on water, even though I've never done this, because you are with me. It's the mm-hmm. it's, it's faith that arises when we're saying no matter the opposition, it, I, and no matter how stupid or, uh, or illogical mm-hmm. my response being, or walking around a wall, 
I have to operate in the area or the headspace that God has it under control yeah. and that he is all powerful. Uh, because if I don't walk with that, then I'm going to slowly drift into this space where I realize my frailty and my weakness and I'm not going to have strength and I'm going to be depressed and I'm going to be overwhelmed. Mm. And so I have to respond with the perspective that he has it under control. And then God forbid, God forbid something bad happens, then I have to deal with the fact that God is sovereign. But I'm not going to broach the God is sovereign topic until that situation happens. I'm not going to teeter-totter, like, don't be unstable. I got to stay focused on the fact that God is a healer first, that he's a way maker first, that he's a provider, that he's a strong tower first, before I broach this topic of his sovereignty. And that's the reality that we all face at some point in time in life. Mm. But, but if we, if let's, let's put the picture, if we broach the topic of, of his sovereignty too early, we won't pray as hard. We'll accept that man, that man, God might disappoint me or it might not turn out how I want to. And that's going to water down my faith. It's going to water down my attack and intensity of my prayer my belief that he is a healer and I want to be as stable and as sure of, of his ability uh, first. And so it, our response, in, even if you have a family member or someone else is close, our response now is to, to declare that God is a healer. And whether it's not even someone close to you, uh, this, this whole world, everyone's response as an intercessor is to pray like, God, I know that you're a healer. And I know that you're a way maker. So I pray for the doctors that are working for vaccines and cures mm-hmm. and believing that you can operate in that way, whether it be through medicine or through some glorious, miraculous way. Um, and I'm not going to continue to teeter on this topic that God is going to fill or, or some type of topic that we all have. Uh, fears about that the enemy tries to plant. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, man. And thank you for sharing the piece. Wow. About your parents too. Um, definitely a little closer to home than, than one would expect. Uh, but we are, are definitely praying for them. And um, man, I'm, you, you just, you drop so much knowledge right there and so much word in that, that I want the listeners to be able to digest. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break here to get a mid-segment message from one of our sponsors. And Pierre and I will be right back to continue this great conversation. All right, we're back on the Between the Dream podcast. I am here for the first Monday of this month with this Pastor Corners kickoff as we are having conversations with pastors during this time of COVID-19 and just being able to give us some help and perspective and maybe even just some small tools that we can take um, in this time for us to be able to move forward, whether that's day by day or week by week, or for some of us as we, you know, just continue to make strides to, to move out of this. Uh, and I'm, I'm joined by one of my best friends in life, uh, Pierre Taylor. I call him a son. Um, that's just because we got the same last name. But that's us joking. We go back and forth on that all the time. But no, um, I'm so blessed. Pierre just, he hit us with a lot in that first uh, half. And as we get ready to start our, our wrap up here in the second half, Pierre, I want to just throw a few questions out to you real quick. Uh, and not, not, not too many, but just to get your thoughts. Um, and so the first one that I, I have comes from, something that we've been seeing, right? And that is the fact that with COVID-19 happening, 
we have so many churches moving to online platforms. And I know you are no stranger to the memes that have been going up <laughs> about how, you know, pastors and, and, and those in leadership have looked at online ministry prior to COVID-19 and how their, their verbiage, their language, and even their energy has changed towards now um, that we're in this space. Um, but it has really brought up some, some conversations from not only thought leaders, but Christian thought leaders that are pastors and, and, and ministry leaders and worship leaders. And that is that they um, are starting to talk about, yo, once this is over, the way we do church is not going to be the same. Right. Yeah. And so in this, I just want to get your opinion on this and where you see, like, when you look at what we've had to kind of stretch out and do now, man, what, what, and, and it, I'm, I'm not saying this in like any bad way, like it could be good. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of it will be good, but where do you see, how do you see church being done after this whole COVID situation is over or, and even within COVID now, man, it's almost like we're going back to like, uh, you know, it was before, before we got the minimal, the minimalization of now it's kind of like, yo, stay at home. Don't go to your friend's house. We were kind of seeing that little bit of movement of the house church scene again. Right. Yeah. And so I guess just as we move forward, I know so many people are going to be excited to get back to the big building with each other to see each other. But how do you see church as a whole in ministry being done different moving forward? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the worship leader perspective first. Please do go so, ahead. <laughs> this part is super funny. Like watching lives and watching worship leaders try to exhort or lead people that are not in the room is <laughs> it's super funny because. I'm imagining what's going through the worship leader's head as I've done it before. <laughs> and and uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, what comes out of this is the church as a whole, the people realize like, man, the impact you have when you come into a room mm, with that's expectations. Good. That's good. Like then when you return, like you're probably watching your favorite worship leader and they're online. You're like, man, he's not as anointed as when he's in the <laughs> <laughs> Like something's different. And it's, it is not on him. It's it's uh, on that worship leader or, or that female. It's on you. It's on the collective body coming yeah, with an yeah. expectation that God will meet us. And that whether two or three are together, I'll be the miss. And uh, coming to agreement, like sometimes we just come to church and we're not in agreement that mm -hmm. we wanted to get in his presence. Some of us like, I want to hear my favorite song or I don't want this right. worship leader to sing. It's like other stuff that comes up. But hopefully we come together as a body like, man, like, when we return, let's all be on one accord that yeah. we want to agree. And worship leaders are going to be on 10. I'm telling you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I can feel it already. <laughs> yeah. They're going to do cartwheels up there, like singing, uh, doing reprises after reprise over what? and over again. <laughs> we about to have full-on prophetic songs taking place, man. Listen, we got so many songs getting ready to come from this. What? <laughs> Over and over again. Everything's gonna look like a Maverick City music camp. Like it's just gonna be <laughs> highly annoying. <laughs> it's just gonna be over and over again. It's like let's reprise that. We're not done. We're not done. There's more. There's more. <laughs> Lay there's on your more. face. <laughs> <laughs> there's more. So it's gonna be man. It's gonna be super dope. It's super exciting as a worship leader to to be able to lay back and just see people like hungry mm. to worship together. Uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, and hopefully we can sustain that um, forever, mm -hmm. you know, and not just a couple first weeks after this kind of lifts up, but 
That's like good. have Keep a that same energy. Yeah. or a wisdom and not just be an energy level of excitement, but an internal wisdom and understanding. Yeah, that's good. Or like, man, I, I do have an impact on this worship experience. Um, and that's the part that I think uh, we, I, I mean, maybe the lives I've been on, we haven't necessarily take the time to, to touch on that part. We've been really heavily discussing faith as a body, uh, but also understanding your impact in in worship i mm-hmm. think was going to be was going to be key towards the end i do think what's more pressing right now is definitely faith uh, but later on saying like man you see the impact that that you have on a church service when we come together that's good and um so let's appreciate every moment that we can gather absolutely absolutely now you gave us your thoughts as a worship leader but as a pastor as a leader as- in ministry <laughs> As a leader in ministry, I think uh, it's more just saying like how important, just recognizing like how important it is to uh, to have that word to live on. That as leaders worked really hard to get those lives together mm-hmm. that first week, like how we're going to respond because they know, like you trying to get through a week, especially in this pandemic, without a word, without something of substance, of faith. Um, it's 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 deadly it's it's very it's 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 very draining for you us as believers Mm -hmm. to not live on a word and so as a pastor being able to um to be able to say like man we really need this word and also we really need secondly maybe actually even before the word portion actually kind of can coexist it's more so it's also too we really need this community Mm. and so even though like the small church movement was growing up, I was talking to another a leader and I was like, man, I've seen so many lives, but I haven't seen as many small group meetings. Uh, maybe because we don't have the as vast uh, technology for uh, small groups to come together in video, mm-hmm. but that community piece is huge. Mm-hmm. To be able yeah. to not only have this one directional conversation from the pastor or the worship leader in a live, but have this, dialogue and say like today was a really hard day i found that my friend had COVID 19 or i found that my friend lost his job or Mm -hmm. they're struggling financially to have this empathy and realization that we're all human and that we need grace and and so that community is built as we share with each other um and i think that's huge on how do we maintain community and not only make it it can no longer just be reliant on Sunday morning, but we That's need good. to make sure that we're keeping community throughout the week at different platforms. Uh, so if you were previously against small groups, like you need, it's evident, like you need it right see now. It. You, you see know? the importance of it now. <laughs> yeah. You see the importance of it, man. That's a great perspective to have. Um, and I think that that's, uh, that's going to be important for us. And maybe we'll Maybe our, our, our level of, of, of cherishing it looks different, you know, once this is all over, yeah. right? And, and like you said, too, one thing that I, I want to just buckle down on that you mentioned was to keep that same, you, you, you use the word consistency. I know I say keep that same energy, but essentially keep that same consistency, keep that same level of, of wisdom, and then also that same level of investment, you know, because yeah. I think that's what helps us to cherish it more. Like being able yeah. to just reflect on the 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 days of of humility, like where we're at now, but then also to continue to make that investment when the time and opportunity 
is resting in front of us again. And I think that that's going to be so important. Um, man, as we wrap up, uh, a few things I just I, I want to cover real quick. Uh, the first is, uh, man, where can the people find you and follow you as far as social media stuff is concerned? And then also as far as uh, your music is concerned as well. Yeah, you can find me at Pierre A. Taylor pretty much everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, so that's P-I-E-R-R-E-A Taylor. So uh, just find me there. You can follow me. Love it. Love it. And, um, and, and for those of you all that are listening in right now, we're actually going to be playing Pierre's song, I'm Afraid, um, to close out this podcast episode. So make sure you stay tuned. Definitely pray that it gives you all some encouragement. Pierre, any final words, thoughts, or maybe even prayers for the people that are listening and that will hear this? Yeah, definitely. So previously, I I mentioned the beginning of a testimony story uh, regarding uh, my parents and having mm -hmm. COVID-19. And I, I kind of discussed my response. But I, uh, and, and especially as a leader or anybody who's been a Christian, I don't want to come off as someone who's fully just spitting scripture as if I'm not given first. Mm -hmm. Like I cried first. I yeah. was broken first. I was consumed with fear first. Yeah. Then I called my friends and my response. I called Richard. I called some of my close friends and say, hey, just pray for me. I don't want to be overwhelmed because if I, if I get overwhelmed, I'm not going to walk in faith. Yeah. And so like the dopest thing about God is that he was wrapped in empathy, that he saw fit to come here and see our and live our experience. Mm -hmm. and to be able to say, I understand where you're at, son. I understand where you're at, daughter. Um, and walk with empathy like, man, like we're all hurting in some type of way. And we all rely on Christ in some type of way. And so uh, I, I want to encourage anybody who's listening that when you have those moments where you're feeling weak, like don't battle that alone. Call a friend to pray for you or call a friend to uh, to to kind of share what you're going through just to get mm -hmm. it off your chest and communicate and uh, to move forward in faith and saying and coming to agreement like uh, we're going to respond in faith uh, after this, after we have this communication, after we uh, uh, see how hard our situation is and kind of get off our chest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good, man. Thank you so much, Pierre, bro. Everybody, this has been Pierre Taylor, uh, worship leader, pastor, ministry leader out of the city of Chicago one of my closest friends and just an overall phenomenal man. Make sure you follow him, stay in tune with him here. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today, bro. No problem, man. It's been good. It's been, a, it's been absolutely good, definitely gonna have to have you back on. And I'm pretty sure you got the time to right now because nobody's leaving the house. <laughs> so we'll make sure to get that done. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, as always, you are not losing in life. You are not failing. You are simply between the dream. I hope that this blesses you. If you need to listen to it again, be sure to do so. Next week, I've got another special guest, another close friend of mine who's actually out here in the city of Seattle. Um, he'll be coming. Bryce Herrick will be blessing us next week with um, similar conversations, right? Like how do each, each ministry leader carries a different perspective that I think links everything together. So I'm excited. But until then, guys, go ahead and take a listen to this phenomenal song. It's by our guest from today, Pierre Taylor, and it's entitled, I'm Afraid. Peace. Yes, sir. I'm afraid that one day I'll stand before you without a word to say. As I tremble, as 
Can you be 